Welcome back to Rec to Reform Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Adkins. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 17. I love those who love me, and those who diligently seek me will find me. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Randy Adkins. And today we're talking about how one is to diligently seek the Lord. Have you ever wondered, why does it seem so hard to feel that closeness to God? And I, I know we don't go by feelings, but it is interesting to me that Christians often struggle with not only the assurance of salvation, but also with the assurance that God is in right relationship to them, but that they they truly have that close relationship to God, where they, they walk in the power of the Spirit and, and things like that. And, and I kind of want to touch on a couple of things that usually lends itself to uh, hinder that. We all know that there are hindrances to prayer. You know, sinning against your wife will hinder your prayers. And we often don't take into consideration the importance of prayer or the power of prayer that we literally are talking to the one who created the universe. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? No, obviously not. So a a couple things I wanted to touch on is, for one, honesty with God while seeking Him in prayer and His Word. So a lot of times when people come to God, they, they just kind of, you know, that fast food order type prayer. And that's not really how we're supposed to pray. You know, there are, uh, there's an order that we come with thanksgiving and and uh, repentance, you know, as the Lord's Prayer says. Um, Our Father who, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, meaning the holiness of God. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us, and so on. So there is an order in which we are to pray. We're to acknowledge God's holiness, and we pray that His kingdom come, His will be done in heaven as it is in earth as it is in heaven, and so on. But even when we recognize that God is holy, and that we pray in a specific way, a lot of times we forget to actually come in repentance. So a lot of times, and you can probably attest to this yourself, where you will be praying, yet you're not being completely honest before God, as though He doesn't know every intimate thought and perception in your mind and your heart anyway. You kind of hide things away, and you put them behind you, and you kind of cover them with your hands, like, this is this is a sin I'm not willing to, to, to bring before God and for a multitude of reasons, I'm sure, that for one, God's holy. And God does not delight in wickedness. You know, his eyes are too pure to behold wickedness. So a lot of times we will we'll go to God, yet we're not really laying ourselves bare before God. And then in, in the same way, we're not truly diligently seeking him. Because again, as the verse says in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 17, I love those who love me, and those who diligently seek me will find me. When was, when was the last time you diligently sought the Lord? 
And, you know, we can all ask this of ourselves. When was the last time I really sought after God in prayer, in his word? When did I really say, I will know God? When was the last time we said that? If we're honest with ourselves, we don't do that nearly as much as we should. And some who may be listening to this, you've never done that at all, have you? You've never laid yourself bare before God knowing that you're a sinner, knowing that God is absolutely the thrice holy God of the universe who spoke the universe into existence. Have you ever pondered on the majesty and magnitude of God? And so a lot of us haven't diligently sought after God. And this is, the word diligently there is a word that means a continual, diligent seeking. That we're seeking for God in his word. We're seeking for God in prayer. Not as though we're trying to pray past the ceiling, but that God is so near And he is so holy, and because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross, that he went to the cross to die for all who would ever believe. That's why we're reformed. And he now lives forever to make intercession on our behalf because he died on the cross, he paid it in full, the the sin debt that we owed, and he was raised from the dead because what he accomplished on the cross was completely satisfactory to the requirement of God. And so we're no longer under the wrath of God as sinners if we've repented and trusted in Jesus Christ. That true saving faith, not some faith that we claim, a humanistic faith that has no works. That's not what we're talking about. But we are justified by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. And from that point, we diligently seek after God. And so, a lot of times when we come to God in prayer, we're hiding something, we're holding something back. And then when we read his word, we're not really reading it and saying, God is right and I am wrong. We're not putting to death the sinful temptation to, uh, of doubt. And, and, and another caveat and warning there is, make sure that you don't have a heart, an evil heart of unbelief. There was a, a gentleman recently, I forget his name, he, he recently apostatized. And it's really sad, but it's also terrifying in a sense. Because you see these people who seem to have theology sharpened, and they're really good at debating and arguing their point. But then they walk away. And we know that 1 John 2.19 says that they went out from us because they were never truly of us. But it, it, it makes me wonder that are there, are there so many of these people who have never truly sought diligently after the Lord? Because he says in verse 17, I love those who love me. And we know that God causes one to be born again. You see this in John chapter 3, uh, John chapter 6. You see this in 1 Peter chapter 1. That God is the one who, who brings to life those who are dead in their sins and trespasses. He, he causes that regeneration and brings those who are dead to life. And he loves those who love him. 
And so we know that we love God because he first loved us. And so he, he, but he truly loves us. But this goes hand in hand with, and those who diligently seek me will find me. You remember when Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If our treasure is Christ, if, if, if we've truly been born again, then we are commanded. Well, in this verse, it says, I love those who love me, and those who diligently seek me will find me. And Jesus says what? Take up your cross and follow me. So it's, it's that, as Jeff Durbin puts it, come and die. Come and die to yourself and live unto God. And if you don't come to die, don't come. Right? And I love the way that he puts that. But I, I wanted to touch on the importance of this. When you're going about your daily life and, and you have those short prayers and you feel as though they have no power, have you really tested yourself to see if you have truly sought after God or is it just you want what he has to give? Are you worshiping the gift rather than the giver or are you seeking after God for who he is? My brother John Myers, he mentioned one time that he was talking to someone. I'm not going to mention his name. He was talking to somebody about um, if if you could go to heaven and have all your friends, all the things that you want and everything without Jesus, would you be happy? We should all ask ourselves the same exact thought, the same exact question. If we could leave and we could go to heaven and God not be there. We have eternal life. We have eternal comforts. We can do whatever we want. If we could go to heaven and be satisfied with eternal life and all the stuff that we want and God not be there, would you be satisfied? Or would you say, similar to Moses, if you don't go with us, don't bring us out of this place. I mean, what is it that makes heaven heaven? It is the very presence of God that makes heaven heaven. And so, when we see verses like this, I love those who love me, and those who diligently seek me will find me. That's a promise. That is a promise that if you truly, diligently seek after God, you will find Him. So many times people forget that the Christian life is a supernatural life. And I'm not talking about charismania and things like that. I'm Reformed. I don't... <laughs> I'm, I'm a what I call a biblical cessationist, right? So we don't have the sign gifts as it was in the first century. Though... I'm not a complete and utter cessationist either. Um, but when we see things like, I love those who love me, and those who diligently seek me will find me, will find me. So meaning, you know, kind of to quote another verse, um, draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. There's always this promise that when we seek after God and, the, and knowing that we're Reformed, we, we believe that the only reason that we seek God is because He has given us the grace to do so. 
But there's a promise tied to that. If we seek him diligently, knowing that he is there, that he is real, that he exists, and the evidence of the universe proves his existence, but it is a supernatural faith that leads us to diligently seek for God and say, I will have nothing less. I will not have heaven without him. I will not have hell without him. I'll have nothing unless God is there and I have him. I mean, that should be the heart's cry of every true born-again Christian. Now, that doesn't mean that we're perfect in this. Obviously, there's sanctification and things like this that, that goes on and on as we dive into the Word of God and prayer and we ask God to help us to pray. We ask God to help us to study His Word, to know Him more. I mean, I've prayed prayers like, um, Lord, fill my heart with love for you. Those are prayers that I've prayed before. So we're not coming at this um, in some kind of perfect ideology that we can love God perfectly and we can diligently seek for God perfectly. But, But think about this. How often do you think to yourself, man, I feel so weak as a Christian. I feel so fragile and frail in my faith. And the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing according to the Word of God. And we have the text like in Romans 12, 2, that says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. And I remember that from the KJV. That was the first actual Bible I, <laughs> I, translation I was, I was reading. Um, and then as I, I continued to do the textual criticism and, and, and learn the different translations and things, I, uh, I kind of landed on an NASB. It's my favorite translation, other than, you know, the LASB, the, the LSB, sorry. Uh, and I haven't got my hands on one of those yet, but uh, Lord willing, it'll be soon. But for this Thanksgiving week, I wanted to not just point us to Thanksgiving, and we should absolutely give thanks to God for everything because He's sovereign. He gives us the breath that we have to breathe. He has ordained the days in which we will live from before we even had one. And we should we should be absolutely thankful to God, but there's there's so many preachers and pastors who have touched on this absolutely Christian holiday. Um, but I, I wanted to kind of undergird that with some solid theology on seeking after God in prayer and in faith and diligently seeking Him in prayer and in His Word. That way we will have the foundation to give thanks no matter what situation may come. Because if you've been paying attention to uh, the culture today and the cancel culture and, and all the evil going on today, then you'll you'll definitely know that um, that it's it's very possible and very likely that we're going to be going through a very dark season, possibly very soon. So seek the Lord diligently, and seek Him while He may be found. Right, 
there's texts that say, draw near to God and he'll draw near to us. And we should remember that those are promises. So with that said, I pray you all have a, uh, a blessed Thanksgiving and happy Thanksgiving to each and every one of you. And uh, have a blessed day.